Work Human is the pioneer of employee recognition and their podcast, How We Work, highlights everything that shapes the employee experience and what leaders can do right now to change it for the better. If you are leading meaningful work experiences for others, this show is a must. Subscribe to How We Work anywhere you listen to podcasts. And after you listen in, I want to know your takeaways. Leading burnout prevention. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science, a mentoring platform for people-first leaders of all levels. Here, we talk to exceptional leaders who prioritize culture, get fired up about employee engagement, and are excited to share ideas and tools for bettering employee experience to help others. Thank you for joining us to invest in being a better leader. Now, let's get to it. Hey, listeners, today we're talking about burnout and how to lead prevention In recent times, awareness of burnout is higher and prevention efforts are stronger. So we are making headway, but we have a lot further to go. Let's make sure we are clear on what burnout is and isn't, and that we know how to do our part leading prevention and healing. Hey, it's Nikki back with Chrissy Burke from Higher Up, my co-host today for another episode learning with a standout healthcare leader and brand that she is aligned with that we get to learn more about today. She and SE Healthcare are truly moving people forward. I can't wait to dive in. Chrissy, can you introduce our guest today? I would be happy to, Nikki. I am excited about this conversation today. Dr. Andrea Coyle is Chief Clinical and Innovation Officer at SE Healthcare, where she's laser-focused on preventing clinician burnout. Andrea is recognized for her passion and ability to inspire, motivate, coach, and empower teams to advance the profession of nursing. Andrea has consulted with international leadership teams to enculturate nursing excellence and support magnet designation. Andrea is published and is an international speaker. She works collaboratively with patients, patient advocates, physicians, and industry partners to create healthy work environments. Andrea, welcome to today's conversation. Thank you so much, Chrissy, and thank you, Nikki, for having me here. I'm really excited to talk to everyone about burnout. So let's start here. Andrea, can you talk a little bit about the recent landscape changes around burnout? You bet. I have to say I'm I'm cautiously encouraged by the recent landscape changes around burnout. What I'm seeing, and now more than ever, is burnout's actually being discussed. And it is being discussed in multiple mediums. For example, if you pick up any journal, the Wall Street Journal, the Post and Courier, the Washington Post, nursing journals, medical publications, burnout at the individual and organizational level is a hot topic, so much so that Dr. Vivek Murthy, our Surgeon General, announced a call to action back in May of 2022. And the call to action describes the imperative for healthcare worker well-being. He also includes and explains the urgent public health issues and provides recommendations to address the issue of burnout. The American Nurses Credentialing Center's Magnet Program, Pathway to Excellence, Practice Transition Accreditation Programs, they've all added required standards as part of their designation criteria. The Joint Commission, there's so many different organizations that are putting burnout and clinician well-being as a top priority. Andrea, 
Oh, gosh, we've known each other for a while, and I just have to say you show up with such fabulous energy and passion all the time. I love your passion for healthcare and have since I met you, and now I just love the passion for the work that you're getting to do and the innovation to really attack and solve and help with the burnout issues. But before we go any further, I'd love for you to help us with definition around defining burnout and what it looks like and how it shows up. So all of us are kind of like level setting before we move forward on what is burnout. Great question. And really, Nikki, before I define burnout, I think it's really important to point out who Dr. Christina Maslach is. She is the pioneer of research on the definition, predictors, and measurement of job burnout. And her work truly is the basis for the World Health Organization's decision in 2019 to include burnout as an occupational phenomenon with health consequences. Dr. Maslach created the Maslach Burnout Inventory, and some of the listeners may have already heard of this, but it is considered the gold standard for measuring workplace burnout. The definition of burnout, burnout is really a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. Burnout usually occurs gradually over time, and there are three cardinal symptoms, and here are the three cardinal symptoms. Exhaustion. And exhaustion might sound something like this. I'm not sure how much longer I can keep going on like this. That feeling is universal, Nikki. It's in all healthcare providers, and interestingly enough, that feeling is often in parents. So think about it. Each of these groups, whether they're healthcare workers or their parents, they are always taking care of others before themselves. And no matter how spent a parent is or a healthcare worker is, the healthcare worker will always overextend themselves into the grips of burnout. So there's physical and emotional exhaustion. Depersonalization is the other cardinal symptom. You become cynical and sarcastic about the people that you're meant to serve and care for. And the last cardinal symptom is the lack of efficacy. The feeling of, hey, what's the use? My work is not really serving a purpose. There are other signs and symptoms, Nikki, but those are the top three symptoms of burnout. Okay. And thank you so much for just kind of helping us to really wrap our minds around this. And one of my first notes here that I want to make very profound in our takeaways, and we'll reiterate this later, is the importance of making burnout a real priority in workplaces and among leadership activity. You know, this is something to be discussing and to have plans for and to be proactive around. So lead us into this conversation around prevention. And what does burnout prevention look like, especially like the key things or these core pillars of leading a prevention workplace around burnout? One thing that I believe many organizations are doing and have been doing is they have put a new role in place, chief wellness officers. And I think chief wellness officers are really focused on how can we prevent burnout. And Preventing burnout really requires strategy, so therefore you have your chief wellness officer, so you need strategy behind it. And not everyone will use the same strategies to prevent burnout. To build your own burnout prevention strategy, here are a few thoughts that I want the listeners to consider. Number one, I bet mostly everyone on this call has a work calendar, and that work calendar drives your life. But do you have a life calendar? I want to ask yourself, do you have a life calendar? 
If you don't, it's time to create one. And in that calendar, you need to include time for yourself, maybe to go on a date, go on a walk. Know what your off switch is. Include appointments for your well-being. For example, most recently, within the last six months, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. In years past, because I always thought I was so busy, I had to go to a budgeting meeting or go to this meeting or that meeting, I would cancel meetings. And by not canceling my annual mammogram, I found there was a lump detected and now I have breast cancer. So I think we have to prioritize our life and our well-being, and that's where prevention all starts. A couple key areas that we should also be aware of as it relates to burnout, it's really not a problem, Nikki. It's not a problem, therefore there's no solution. So a problem is two plus two equals four, but burnout isn't this plus this equals four. It's actually a dilemma. Burnout is a dilemma. It is a situation in which a difficult choice has to be made between two or more alternatives, especially equally undesirable ones. Burnout is also portable. That means we take burnout with us. We take it from the workplace back into our friends and our families. And again, I want to reiterate, burnout doesn't happen overnight. It occurs over time. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit more context there. I want to kind of tap into, for some of the listeners that are out there that maybe you described symptoms, exhaustion, depersonalization, lack of efficacy, and they're like, that's me. I feel that. How does an individual start their healing journey, if you will? Much like how it doesn't happen overnight to develop burnout, healing takes a while. I think a lot of it is looking at self-compassion, looking how you can have compassion for yourself the way you have compassion for others. That's really, really important. And it's really a commitment. It's a commitment to yourself that every day you're going to give yourself grace. You're going to give yourself time. And that's what's going to help you heal from all these signs and symptoms of burnout. What's really interesting, Nikki, many people think, oh, I have a spa day. That's how I'm going to take care of my burnout. The truth is after you get your nails done or you get that massage that you've been looking forward to, that doesn't help you heal from burnout. That's just one episode. It takes, again, rituals that you develop. Maybe it's a ritual of journaling before you go to bed at night. Maybe it's a ritual of having a gratitude huddle. But there are many steps, many strategies that you have to put in place to heal from burnout. Healing and prevention are an ongoing commitment to our personal well-being, our personal wellness. And I think that that's something so profound to note. And the topic of burnout, one, I think there are still some people out there that don't see it as a real thing. And I just want to say it is a real thing. I have seen some of my friends get taken out of life for quite a while and get very sick. One that led to mono, and I think she was out for about a year. And others that have just really kind of lost the ecosystem of their life and their family, the ripple effect of burnout, you know, and how hard it is on others. Like it is a very, very real thing. On the flip side, I think it's this ongoing commitment, especially in the way that this world is now. Everything is so fast, technology and this and that, and your calendar, no white space and all this you know, what we're hearing from you, Andrea, that is so powerful and why we have leaders in well-being and wellness in these workplaces is because it's an ongoing thing. This is not a fix it, get back to it. 
it is an ongoing thing. Like you shared about the life calendar. And I just think that that is so, so important. Before I hand it back over to Chrissy, I do want to touch on the organizational or systemic consequences of burnout. You know, I talked about the ripple effect of what happens at home when someone is burnout. Talk about that, expand on that with really the systemic consequences. The organizational or systemic consequences, Nikki, include lack of employee engagement. And when the care providers, the people that are actually in the clinical care delivery environments, when they're trying to deliver care and they're not engaged, what happens is patients and society does not receive the health care that they deserve. So that's detrimental and has a societal impact. And the societal impact is global. And then when there's organizational systemic concerns that lead to burnout, there's an increase in turnover at the hospital level, at the professional level. There's a decrease in level of patient safety, which means then the people that we serve are not feeling trusting of the care providers. There's an increase in adverse events, and there's also an increase in workarounds or missed care which leads to lower reliability of the organizations that people seek for healthcare. It's detrimental. Andrea, I absolutely am blown away by this conversation. There's the life calendar, something I'm going to put into place immediately because prioritizing our self-care is really important. But Andrea, can you talk about the difference in burnout between men and women? Is there a difference? Absolutely, Chrissy. And I am honored and privileged to work with a great leader, Dr. Rachel Brown, who actually created content about the difference and how burnout shows up and presents in men and women. And some of you might be saying, you're kidding. Well, guess what? I'm not kidding. There are gender differences. Men and women experience burnout differently. Here are some of the patterns we've seen in the research. Women experience burnout in the order of the three symptoms that I mentioned earlier. And that looks like exhaustion, cynical and sarcastic, and doubting the quality of their work. Men have a different pattern. Men become cynical and sarcastic first, then they become exhausted. And remember the third symptom that I talked about, doubting the quality of their work? Well, some of you have guessed it. Believe it or not, men tend to not experience the third symptom. They don't ever doubt the quality of their work. Another thing women do more frequently than men, they ask for help. Men, not so much. So if you, and this is what I'm asking all the listeners, if you ever hear a colleague say, I'm not sure how much longer I can go on or my work doesn't serve a purpose, ask them how they're doing. They may be flirting with the cliff edge of burnout. Wow, that is really profound. I truly I'm so thrilled that organizations are are making this a priority and taking some action around burnout. It is such a huge topic area. But for you, Andrea, and your company, SE Healthcare, I'd really like to know about your why and what you offer. So the why behind SE Healthcare, we've actually been measuring burnout for a long time, and we are so committed to clinician well-being. We want clinicians to find the joy and the satisfaction and the purpose as to why they got into a career that serves people. And so we're committed to this. And we started measuring burnout well before the World Health Organization classified it as a syndrome. And 
we're also committed to identifying stressors, burnout, and then providing our people with strategies and resources and tools to address what causes their burnout. And we're committed that these clinicians will have the tools and resources to create their own individualized plan of care. Because remember, not everyone experiences burnout the same. And through the resources that we have in what we call our enrichment center library, the people that get into our library, they can determine where their stressor points are and they can take our resources and create that plan of care that makes the most sense for them. Our clinician burnout prevention program, it's the only web-based platform for nurses and physicians. It is proven to directly reduce burnout. In fact, we had a great partnership with the American Nurses Association, great people over there. We have 185 short videos. We continually add new content with burnout experts. Our videos are five to seven minutes. And once a clinician, whether it's a nurse or a physician, watches a video, they read the recommended readings, they're all peer reviewed, they can immediately get their continuing education hours within the platform. We're also partnering and thrilled to be partnering with Sarah V Skincare Company, who is going to add content to our enrichment center. Bonnie and Mark Barnes, great friends of mine, great friends of y'all's as well. They are contributing content. What we're creating here at SE Healthcare is people first, human centered leadership and innovation. I feel like this is just such a wonderful fit for you, Andrea, you're just doing amazing work and thank you for sharing all that you did. Chrissy, thank you for co-hosting with me again today. Before we jump over to our lightning round, tell us a little bit about Higher Up Leadership. I mean, people need to know about the amazing work that you're doing as well. So Higher Up places healthcare leaders and interim management and executive search opportunities. We love bringing our people forward. And I am very proud to say that we do care deeply about the people that we work with. And we want to make sure that they're taking care of themselves as well as taking care of the organizations. I consider us to be leadership matchmakers. We're very relationship oriented and we give back to the nursing community. So because all of us at Higher Up and beyond have been touched personally by healthcare experiences, we absolutely love what we do and we're privileged to help advance the professional careers and causes that are most dear to our, our team. And I'm honored to have a front row seat to see all of that in action. It's so the truth and you all do great work. So let's take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsor message today and we'll come back to our lightning round. We've switched that up over the past year and it's a lot of fun to really tap into learning more about the personal side of our guests with very little prep. They don't really know what we're asking. So we get to learn a little bit more about quick answer responses to some really deep questions. We'll be right back. Gut Plus Science is a heart and priority on the healthcare industry and helping those who help us feel meaning and appreciation for the work that they do. Higher Up Leadership is an innovative healthcare leadership executive search organization that provides both interim and permanent placement at top healthcare systems. They are simply the best at connecting healthcare leaders to meaningful work opportunities that ripple effect greatness in healthcare workplaces. We're proud to be partners. Hey, we're back on Gut Plus Science with Andrea Coyle. It's been a really solid discussion today around burnout, lots of key takeaways that are going to advance people, moving great workplaces into you know better greatness. Thank you so much, Andrea. Now we have some questions for you. Andrea, if you could pick one book 
to recommend to our leader listener audience, what would you recommend? That book would be Compassionomics. We're adding that to our ever-growing list. I'm going to put it on mine because I'm not familiar. Thank you. And Andrea, what message do you feel compelled to share with the world, or in this case, our listeners today, to inspire? Well, Nikki, thank you for asking. As I mentioned earlier, I was diagnosed with breast cancer recently. And what I feel compelled to share is life's going to throw you some curveballs. And being thrown that curveball, I think what I had the ability to do was really think about the power that I have. I'm a battleship. And what this has taught me is I want to take on this cancer and I want to conquer my fears. And the way to conquer fear is to be courageous. Be courageous with yourself and others. Be honest with yourself and others. Create a connection with yourself and others and have grace with yourself and others. And as I'm sitting there in all my appointments, getting ready, discussions about radiation, do I need chemo? Do I not need chemo? I just keep thinking about how I'm a battleship and how I am going to persevere and come out of this on the other end stronger and inspire other people to find that power in themselves and find the courage to take care of yourself. You got to take care of yourself. And I did a presentation in Texas about two weeks ago, and I encouraged about three women to go get their mammograms. And that's one thing I really want to do here, Nikki, is remind all women out there, go get your mammogram. I am two months late on mine and I just wrote it on my paper. So you, you inspired me. I will be doing that. Like this is on my short list right here. So thank you very much. A lot of what you just shared was just so powerful. And next question for you is what is the meaning of peace to you today? I've had to find a lot of peace as I've been wrestling with the curveball that I just mentioned. And Peace, again, it's one of those things you have to work hard on. It's a mindset sometimes, but peace to me is when I'm free from any negative, disruptive actions, behaviors, languages. And I continue to try to flip it and turn everything into a positive. So the positive is for my breast cancer journey, I don't have to get chemo. So that's really positive. But I already had it figured out that if I had to get chemo, I have two wonderful friends, Brian and Hunter, who have been doing my hair for 20 years. They already told me they had my back. I got your back, girl. You need a wig. We got the best wig ever. So the piece is get rid of the negative disruption and flip everything to positive, and then you'll find that inner peace. I needed that message today, too. I'm so glad you're here. This is awesome. Awesome. Andrea, how can our listeners connect with you after the episode today? They can connect with me on LinkedIn, or you can directly email me at alc at sehqc.com. And we'll throw that information in the show notes as well. Andrea, you are a battleship, and we wish you the very best in your healing journey over the coming months. Thank you on behalf of Chrissy, myself, and all that listen. Thank you so much for sharing such important information with us today. Thank you so much. It was a joy to be with Andrea and Christy today. Andrea, thank you so much for sharing vulnerably where you know your life is right now and just your personal conviction around prioritizing our own well-being. And we wish you the best in your healing journey. 
my truth you can act on today does include some of that from what I just mentioned about my gratitude for Andrea and her story. I got three things. Number one, know the symptoms of burnout, exhaustion, depersonalization, lack of efficacy. We've got to be on the lookout. Be aware of the symptoms. Number two, as a leader, we must influence people to prioritize self-care and their personal well-being. I love the example that Andrea gave about the life calendar and making sure that we are scheduling our whole life and not letting certain things like work just take over. Number three, find a way to measure burnout and have data-driven insights to guide your organization's burnout strategy for most effectiveness. This show is called Gut Plus Science for a reason. We believe you've got to have data-driven insights mixed with the heart and soul and gut intuition and your experiences, but those data-driven insights allow us to turn the ship around to really guide our next steps. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now, go do something with it.